Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Baywatch from 2017. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast. And usually I say this is just because we talk about a whole bunch of other stuff and we we generally keep the plot spoilers as light as possible. Um, But there are some spoilers. But to be honest, you know, this film is really awful. So I don't recommend that you watch it. But listen to us taking it apart instead. Enjoy. Hello, hello. Good evening. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I got my little tripod back, so you'll be able to see my face from a consistent angle and not have to look at my chin again. Oh, excellent. They um, they have a lost and found box at the studio where I left it, and I went in there looking for my capo, and there it was. Oh, well, there we go. That's excellent. So so we we do no longer have to worry about uh about a uh, a band in Dalston being unscrupulous and stealing your your tripod i know that would have been would have been a pretty evil thing to do to be honest we'd have had to hunt them down there'd have been some sort of band warfare situation so i'm glad that the studio saved us from that because i've not really got time for that i don't know about you <laughs> it it would be um like a mixture between west side story and taken <laughs> When you're a Liam Neeson. <laughs> Literally the only thing I know about Taken is that Liam Neeson is in it. So you don't even know the overall premise? No. Is it is it an action film in which someone gets captured and Liam Neeson has to save them? Yes. I guess I do know more than I thought. It's It's one of those very literally titled Liam Neeson movies. <laughs> the Commuter. yes he does get on a train yeah the phantom menace also quite literal there's literally a spooky ghost there there, there are no spooky ghosts in that movie are there no no ghosts whatsoever unless the the midichlorians are the real ghost there they are a specter that will never fuck off (laughs) or maybe it is metaphorical maybe it's about someone being um being ghosted <laughs> that's what turned garth mauled uh, garth maul garth maul <laughs> that's He's that's my what turned, garth. that that was his first name before he took the title darth his, his name yeah. was garth maul and they thought you know what it's nearly right it's not quite <laughs> they decided that garth wasn't scary enough yeah it's a bit, <laughs> a bit too cuddly <laughs> um yeah, uh, Darth Maul actually was just ghosted, and that's why he turned to the dark side. Yeah, he's actually a really nice invented. guy, and he doesn't know why women like don't want to be with him. Yeah, he's a gentleman. He's always holding doors for them and having nice conversations with them on the train and the bus when they've got their headphones in. You know, he's like, <laughs> yeah, he's a gentleman. He's, he's always tipping his hat to them. His hat that's covered in holes because his head is full of spikes. <laughs> yeah. And he wonders why chivalry's dead, you know? Yeah, so so his only course of action, really, was to turn to an evil monster religion 
and start chopping people up with a laser sword. I mean, that, yeah. that's the, the logical reaction. Actually, the, the Sith, they are incels, aren't they? Look at Palpatine. Like, nobody was doing it with him. <laughs> I'll tell you who Palpatine was. If they did any prequels to the prequels, it's Jordan Although... B. Peterson. <laughs> Jordan B. Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> Having said that, he's, 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 you could have seen him as vaguely dashing in a sort of silver fox, middle-aged, late middle-aged man before he turns into the evil like scarred bloke in the Bef- second yeah. and third films like, before before his, his face gets all yeah. melty i'd hit that and actually <laughs> have you ever seen a picture of jordan peterson yeah i have he looks not unlike the guy who played palpatine in those films his name i can't remember they're not dissimilar looking uh, i don't think they look very similar no but they both they're both White men of a certain age and a certain complexion. <laughs> Are you saying, saying that all all pallid old white men look alike, Patty? Is that what you're I'm not, saying? I'm not saying that Palpatine's a gammon, but <laughs> I'm saying that the, the Sith are definitely both gammon and incels. <laughs> Just to try and put Star Wars, no, to try and put today's phenomenon into terminology that people can easily understand, you know, because it's oh, not easy. It, it's part of the reason why so many gammon lights and and young gammons um, are are so an angry. Band. <laughs> the young gammons. <laughs> I, I haven't hasn't Morrissey been acting as their manager? Yeah, it's yeah. Something that resonated with them. Um, that's definitely the kind of band that would appear like quite early on in the day at the Reading Festival on the second stage, or quite late in the day on the third stage, depending on yeah, how their manager. The young was. gammons. Yeah how good their management was um <laughs> yes exactly um yeah but lo- lots of young gammons they're they're furious about um about kylo ren and they see that as an attack on on the alt-right and it's like yep. well don't be a dick <laughs> that's the main takeaway <laughs> yeah all you should really ever take away from star wars is don't be a dick Yes, I, I think that's the main thing that you should you should take away from those movies is if you're an asshole, then someone's going to call you out on it and you might end up getting your legs chopped off. Yeah, with a lightsaber. Yes, with a lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, people take all sorts of things from Star Wars and they take it the wrong way. Just don't be a dick. Yeah, that that's the main thing. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy the Star Wars for what it is. Yeah, um... It's, I, I I love Star Wars. You know, you know this. Yeah, me too. Um, but there there's there are a lot of fans who are who effectively kind of hate it. I suppose yeah. is the best way. They 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 are fans that love Star Wars so much that they despise everything about it, apart from one, possibly two movies. Yeah, it's really odd. I think when people are fans like that of a a thing, whether it's like sports or music or whatever it might be the kind of level of fan when a fan becomes entitled to a certain thing from the thing and they're not getting it and they feel aggrieved by it rather than accepting that their favorite band has made an album that is different to their other albums maybe and it's maybe slightly different not that i'm using this as uh as a way to give hurley a pass (laughs) i was was just about to say is this a a thinly veiled weezer reference (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, 
It's not. But, you know, I think Hurley is a terrible album, but I respect the fact that they were trying to do something different, you know. And it's the same in sports. Like, ever, like the Blue Jays aren't doing so great right now, and everyone's on the chat going, we should trade all our players and fire John Gibbons, who's the field manager. And it's like, no, just let him get on with it, you know. They didn't win today, maybe they'll win tomorrow, you know. Those people, like, they're entitled. It's fan entitlement, isn't it? The problem, the problem yeah. is the culture of fan entitlement. Yeah, and and I can vaguely understand it in sports because in sports, a lot of these teams are so in- intrinsically tied to someone's identity because of like their being location based, um, and also the the financial loss incurred in being a, a a very avid fan of a sports team. You think about how much it costs to have a season ticket or to go and see one game of Premier League football or one um, MLB game. It's absurd the prices. So I can I can understand people being more aggrieved. I think they can be less aggrieved when it's a movie series. Yeah, that's true. Although you know you know that the incels at least paid for the pre- premier seats at the Odeon. You know they spent their <laughs> they spent those extra three pounds, and you are going to hear about it. I I spent this much money only <laughs> to be to be cucked by Star Wars. Yeah. Would you, would you, but what's the difference between these kind of people and stands or is it the same thing? So, you know, as, as a man rapidly approaching my thirties, I don't understand what a, <laughs> the difference, I need to know the difference between a stan, an incel, a gammon, a cuck, all of these words, you know, they're starting to confuse me. So, you know, what's a stan? <laughs> well, well, stan, I think you should get this reference because isn't doesn't Stan call back to um, Eminem? That's what I thought, but I've seen it used in a lot of contexts where it's kind of trying to be like it's like put, almost putting a positive spin on it, and I'm like that doesn't really gel. But mostly, I have seen it in a negative context. Yeah, it's it's like a, a mega a mega fan so much so that it's a a damaging obsession. Yeah. Um, much like I am a stand for Waluigi, which we discussed earlier today. Um, I've got that written down in my notes. Yeah, literally, <laughs> I've written down on our topic to discuss. Rob stands for Waluigi. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so as of today, I'm officially Twitter famous. Everybody, oh, fuck you. I, I put How up... many times do I have to do like hilarious tweets about Airbud to get noticed? <laughs> You need to talk about um, the raw sexual energy of of, uh, Mario characters, Paddy. I am disappointed at the lack of Waluigi as a playable character in the new Super Smash Brothers game. It's Um, a crime against video games. I I put up a jokey tweet suggesting that Nintendo was put off by Waluigi's raw sexual energy, which is there. Anyone who has seen (laughs) Waluigi in action recognizes he is a purple dynamo of, uh, of love. Uh, is the best way to describe him. He's taking up the Um, baton from Prince. And apparently I'm not alone in thinking this because like the last time I looked, it had about 700 likes. Um, It's been included in Twitter's official official sort of moment regarding Waluigi because it's that important. Um, And and I'm kind of hate myself very much that I've talked a lot on social media about important topics like mental health uh, yet my my legacy on the platform is going to be a tweet about Waluigi yeah um, you've been added to a, an official moment and you're verified yeah I'm surprised, I'm, I'm surprised you're even still doing a podcast with I'm, me I am the Twitter so, elite no um, good beat down fool <laughs> I'm the Twitter elite that the alt-right keeps warning you yeah. about 
You're the no, you're the one percent. You're 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 going to be hanging out with Elon Musk and <laughs> get getting a flamethrower soon. Um, I I thought about this the other day, and and Elon Musk's flamethrower. It's basically like the tech bro millionaire version of a little creme brulee torch that you find in the back of your cupboard, because it, it, in like in in a, in a month's time, these people are going to turn around and go, um, oh, I'm bored of this now, and it's just going to sit in a back room somewhere until their kid accidentally turns it on and sets the house on fire. And that's yeah. all, all that's going to happen. That was incredibly specific and made me think that you might have been digging that up from personal experience. From the time that I... Um, Did you I've... set the house on fire with the creme brulee, <laughs> creme brulee torch? <laughs> I've actually never used the creme brulee torch. But you own um, it? I do. I've, I, got a, I got one in a sale. It was like a post-Christmas sale. And I thought, oh, that's cool. I'll do some creme brulees. I never did. I used the ramekins all the time because um, it had it came with a very nice set of ramekins, but I never used the creme brulee torch. But maybe I should. There's maybe if time. I maybe if I dubbed it not a creme brulee torch, I could get idiots willing to spend thousands of pounds on it. Yeah, or if it's marketed by a tech bro billionaire, that's yes. what you need. You need to get one of those guys on side. I think um, Martin Shkreli's kind of down on his luck right now. You could probably get him on side. <laughs> Although, isn't he in prison? <laughs> he is in prison. That's why he's down on his luck. Um, I'd rather have tetanus on my side than than Martin Shrekley. <laughs> he is an awful human being. He's a bull bag. Bull bag of the highest yeah. order. Okay, what, what's worse? Martin Shkreli or Baywatch 2017? <sighs> Mate, this movie. Um, I, I have a bone to pick with you. Um, with me? Yes, well, not with you as such, but with the person who suggested we watch this movie. Uh, had, yeah, had she, she, she seen it too. And has I she th- seen I this think... movie before? No, no. Oh, I think she okay. hadn't even seen a trailer. She just heard there was a remake and that it starred the Ephronator and Rock the Dwayne Johnson. And she was like, that's probably a good summer film, which I think would be a reasonable assumption because I like The Rock. I like the Ephronator, but my God. It, uh, genuinely this might be the worst film that we have ever talked about on this podcast it's it's definitely up there it um, offended I, me on so many levels but you, <laughs> you you first you first i i i have a much greater resistance uh to these kind of dumb movies um you think and, you have a, I, a higher dumbo threshold yeah exactly i can i can handle it and I can see the enjoyment factor in these kind of films. Although you do have a soft spot for Adam Sandler, which I can never quite... Yeah, I'm our resident Sandler apologist. If Sandler had been in this film, it would have been a hundred times better. If, <laughs> if it had been Sandler instead of The Rock, it would have been great. You know, it, oh, had, it had a guy getting his dick stuck in a chair. Like, that's, that, is a, that is a Sandlerism, 100%. And, and that guy kind of so, looks so like a young Sandler. But, yeah. Don't you think? It's, John Bass or John Bass. I'm not sure how he pronounces it. I assumed it was Bass, but I haven't looked into it. He, he looks a little bit Sandler-esque. And he yeah. plays the kind of Adam Sandler role. He Definitely. is he is probably my least favourite character in this movie. I've, yeah. I found him very, very irritating. I'm very sorry. Um, I've seen him in a couple of other things um, where he's been he's been pretty cool. I've heard he's, in, he's really good in Molly's Game, which is a film I really want to see, but I haven't got round to. Yes, um, that has Michael Cera playing a serious role. Um and um and he's in an episode of American Horror Story, um which is which is rather good, 
Um, but and and he plays a character in uh, in the newsroom, which is a show I really like. Okay, so those are all like legit things. Yes. And then you've got this, and I'm like, what film. are you doing? What are you doing, bud? <laughs> Why are you stinking here? up the joint? Um, and it's it's just so so bad. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's talk about his character first, then, because my well, apart from that, it's all over the place and has no has a very thin plot. And it's basically just a bunch of really bad gags all stitched together. And just as as we said about never being kissed, it's like it's the same thing, but it's much worse. It's yeah, it's just a bunch of shit jokes thrown together. Um, but it's a film that a- accomplishes an amazing feat of being both unbelievably body fascistic and heteronormative, whilst also fulfilling the the um, incel fantasy of you know, attractive women owing sex to unattractive men or who haven't worked to establish a relationship with that woman. Because in the end, the the attractive woman falls for him because he pushed a button and made some things blow up. But the rest of the time of the film is spent laughing at his body. You know, it's, yeah, it manages to do both of those things and to pull that off is, yeah, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a weird one, that, because um, this movie is the kind of movie which... Um, which hates everybody, I think is the best way to put it. And that, and that's probably too strong a way to say it. Um, but it but it spends a lot of the time making fun of his body. Um and and I wouldn't say that his act of heroism is what turns the turn turns the love interest around into being like, Oh yes, I will have sex with you. Because I think there's those hints throughout that she has a a physical interest in him. Um, in that she he has a big penis, and she appreciates. She's incredibly the big nice penis. to him for no um, reason other than because he's a man, <laughs> obviously, and men deserve the niceness and attention of women. But I think that I think there's there's hints there that it's not just um, an act of heroism or a default thing. I think they they attempted to build a chemistry in that she was flirting with him and he didn't understand, but it's so so poorly put together that it doesn't crumb across that way at all. And, it, and it's just this clash of two unbelievably one-dimensional characters yeah. um, in the middle of this absolute mess of a film around like around the rest of it. And I find that like it's a really bad romance um, to quote Lady Gaga. She she is yeah. the best of the minor royals, Lady Gaga. I will just say <laughs> that. Um, she is excellent, but um, but it's 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 less seedy and horrible than the Zac Efron <laughs> romance, and I'm not sure how they yeah. managed it because because old Zac, his character, old oh. Zac, um. <laughs> I know. Um, just as just as we were getting to the point, I think in our podcast journey, where we legitimised the Ephronator, we we sort of welcomed him in as a, as a legit actor, hadn't we? After he played some decent roles, even in The Greatest Showman, which was kind of a ridiculous and stupid film, his role was all right, you know. And there's a few other things where we we, we thought he'd been okay, but yeah, this is this is awful, really, really bad. <laughs> Well, I think I think uh, Efron he does a he does a mixture, and some of this stuff is really cool, and some of it is really funny, um, but some of it is still a bit 
bad. And and this falls into the bad category, I'm afraid, Baywatch. Um, and, and he can do this kind of dumb comedy film really well. So he's in the Neighbours, the Bad Neighbours movies. Um, oh, yeah. Known as Neighbours in America, known as Bad Neighbours over here because we happen to have an Australian uh, soap opera is that still called going? Neighbours. It is still going. It's Jesus. still going. I don't know how. I was never a fan, um, but I remember weirdly... It was sort of a weirdly arcane thing that was actually odd, like really popular with people our age. And at like university, it finished at six o'clock, and you'd have the neighbours rush as everyone left the di- left the common room to go into the dining room to get their dinner after neighbours finished. And it's like, who's watching this like old fogey Australian soap opera? But if yeah. it's still carrying on today, if it has managed to endure in the in the Netflix era, good on it. Yeah, because I, I, we used to watch Neighbours, but I never really thought anything of it. Um, I, I grew up in a family that watched soap operas, um, but I never really, I, I have no strong uh, opinions one way or the other on any soap opera. I see them as just mindless fodder, which people enjoy, and that's fine. Um, but you're right, people really loved Neighbours, and people really loved Home and Away. Yeah. Um, and I don't know whether it's a mixture of the nostalgia of watching it as a child and sort of growing attached to it or whether it is that detachment from it being set in australia that somehow makes it more acceptable to watch as a cool young person than eastenders for instance yeah no one in the east end is going to be called toadfish (laughs) that is true um although i could imagine in like victorian london there being some kind of street urchin called toadfish yeah all right toady all right toadfish what you got for us today down the market, Where's, eh? Where's my money, Toadie? You got 24 hours. Got some eels for you, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he took his name from the eel, which he didn't know was called an eel, so he just called it a toadfish. Yeah, exactly. That That's the origin story of Toadfish. <laughs> the Victorian street Coming urchin. Coming soon to a Marvel Cinematic Universe near you. <laughs> yes, he's the Victorian superhero. <laughs> Dressed like an eel. <laughs> Oh, cockney you, marvel eel superhero you, you can't you can't wriggle your way out of this one crime <laughs> that's no less stupid than most of marvel's content well yeah most superheroes are unbelievably dumb in their sort of conception aren't they if you if you logically think about any superhero it's all yeah. silly but that's part of why they're so great but they're getting like legit good people to direct these films now so who would who would be directing it? Probably by the time it gets around to this being made, it'll be like Jean-Luc Godard or someone. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Is he is he dead? I think I so. I think he's very <laughs> dead. Oh, that's a shame. I guess we'll have to default to Richard Linklater then. <laughs> yes. Oh dear. Let's let me let's um, have a look. Oh my god, no, he's not dead yet. Okay, well, this is his next project then. Okay, <laughs> he is he is eighty seven years old. Eighty seven. Okay, so it'll probably be his last film, without wishing to be morbid. He did a movie uh, this year. Really? Yeah, called the Image Book. Cool. We should check it out. So it was shown at uh, at the Cannes Film Festival. Hmm. Well, there we go. I did not know that. I thought he he died a long time ago. We've got to get him on the show. <laughs> yes. John luc Godard, we thought you were dead. <laughs> Come on our show. Prove you're not. 
I'd, actually, I'd quite like for him to have like a boxing match with Jordan Peterson oh, and mate. for us to film it. I'd watch that. That would be amazing. Yeah. Or just to give like scathing critiques of films like Baywatch. Although, to be fair, this is a film I would not inflict on an 87-year-old man. <laughs> Could you imagine if you were watching this with Jean-Luc Godard and he was like, oh, c'est magnifique. <laughs> Imagine if he really loved it and he was laughing along at all the terrible jokes. Yeah, especially when the guy gets his dick stuck in the chair. He thinks that's the funniest <laughs> shit he's ever seen. <laughs> oh, la zizi! <laughs> Zut alors! <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think he likes The Rock as well. <laughs> yes. Dwayne Dwayne LaRock Johnson. As he's doing. Rock oh, LaDwayne Johnson. <laughs> um Claire didn't know that The Rock was a wrestler <laughs> until I Oh really? That. She just thought he was an actor who thought he was, was a... so up so up himself that he called himself The Rock. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's really built. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. It's like um, no, he's actually he's one of the most famous wrestlers of all time. <laughs> Yes, he's yeah, because he is. He's up there with n- nowadays because he's become so popular as an actor. Um, you don't really you you do kind of gloss over his past as a wrestler, but in terms of when he was a wrestler, he was up there with the likes of Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin as yeah. the most as like one of the most memorable wrestlers of all time. Yeah. I remember in school, like if you if you ever like had a fight with someone, if there was ever a fight, someone would always try and do the people's elbow, <laughs> <laughs> and it would always be bad. My wrong. my my favorite fight at school was one where these two people got into like a slanging match, and one of them did um, taekwondo, and the other was just a regular guy, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna fight, we're gonna fight, we're gonna sort this out." And and like the Taekwondo guy came down and he was all like Taekwondo-y and he was showing off his moves and he was looking all fancy. And then the other guy just nutted him and he <laughs> fell. And that was it. It was over. Oh. It was it was it was spectacular. Um Can't go wrong with the nut. No, it's true. Uh it was yeah. I, I didn't go to a particularly rough school. Um n- nor a particularly posh one. Um but it did have its hilarious moments like that. Yeah. Well, as you know, I went to a posh school, but people were still fighting all the time. Were they? Were they uh, like dueling? Did you go yeah, around yeah. with a little glove and? Yeah, slap? it was different. We had pistols. <laughs> <laughs> I fired my weapon in the air. <laughs> no, I, I killed three people. Killed three people. Yeah, it was. It was. I was relatively low down on the list of kills. You, one guy, Paddy. You could you could kill three people and you'd still be a better human being than anyone involved in Baywatch. <laughs> That's true. A friend of the podcast, Adam Maleski, he killed fifteen people. Killed fifteen people. Yeah, and that's impressive. I like. Master. I like that it's a good round number as well. You've um, yeah, he's got to live with that. <laughs> But now he can live with it with a pair of excellent pictures of Nicolas Cage. Yes, which are up on his wall. We need to do another challenge at some point so someone else can win some of our wonderful artwork, which if you haven't seen it, just go on our Twitter account. It's on there. Yeah, yeah. At Big Boys Don't Pod. Um, but still, I would still rather live with the deaths of 15 teenagers than live with the fact that I 
created such a monumentally awful film as Baywatch 2017. Yeah, it's it's really bad. And and but the the um the Zac Efron romance is really bad. It's really creepy. It's kind of going for the Harrison Ford um Carrie Fisher romance in Star Wars where one of them's pushing back against the other in a jokey way, but you can tell that they both like each other, that kind of thing. Apart from here, you cannot tell that one of them likes the other, so it just comes across as a really pushy bloke looking at someone's breasts. Um, Her performance and, very much implies that she is not into it. Yes, yeah. Um, and uh, it's it's really bad, isn't it? Um, and, and, and all of those relationships are weird. There's... There's no real camaraderie. As much as this film is made about a family, uh, they, they try to go for the whole uh, Fast and Furious thing where it's like, we're a family and we stick together. Um, but you never really get that sense. <laughs> yeah, when, um, when's 2 Bay 2 Watch coming out? Yes, exactly. Um, never, obviously. Baywatch. It would be even worse. But Baywatch no, taking they... a drift. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Bay and Watch Eight. Um, but but, uh, but yeah, uh, you, Zac they Efron... couldn't. It was because they they tried to build the family vibe, but there were too many disjointed scenes where they were also trying to develop each of the individual romances that it never joined up. Yeah, and and not only the romances because the romances make up a very very small part of this film. Um, it's kind of just a a, a, a side note to the to yeah. the main story but it's they, a box they, ticking exercise it's yeah. an excuse for them to do what they think is really really hilarious which is to use the word dick a lot and the word boobs a lot and to make a joke about someone looking at someone's boobs and be like no i wasn't looking at your boobs except he totally was looking at her boobs and it's like that's okay yeah it's bad i mean paddy you say that that using the words boob and dick aren't funny but <laughs> boob dick <laughs> They're funny if if combined. Yeah. Yes. Wait, what's or, funnier, boob dick or dick boob? Oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I think dick boob is funny. Yeah, dick boob is pretty funny actually. <laughs> See, if this movie just had The Rock coming out and going, "Look what you've done, you dick boob," that would be so much funnier than the ninety five percent. Not even look what you've done. Just like he, there's fire all over the ocean for whatever reason, because that's a thing that happens. And then he just like surfs through and under it, and he comes up on the surfboard, and he's like just saved two ladies, and he's holding them by the side. And the camera zooms in on his face, and he just looks into the camera and goes, "Dick boob," and then surfs <laughs> off. <laughs> that would be incredible. I'd love that. Yeah, because um, I was mildly impressed by the title sequence, or the the title when Baywatch came up, and it was like it was part of the thing, but behind him in the sea. That was the best bit. Yeah, some nice yeah. graphics work. Yeah, there, there, there was. There's there, clearly a lot of money went into this film, and from like a purely um, like that that level of quality, you know, it's it looks like a movie. This isn't the room. <laughs> no, um, it's not. But um, but it's um, it's really ge- genuinely bad. the room has a more coherent narrative and better structure than this film i, I, uh, wouldn't, I don't I, wouldn't... I don't mean that as a like a defender of the room or you know we're, we are stands for the room obviously but like gen- genuinely this film is less coherent than the room see i wouldn't go that far 
but it does have a lot of problems in terms of telling a coherent story. So I maybe I just wasn't following it. I was so bored. About five minutes in, both of us were just checking our phones and on our phones sticking around, which you should never do when you're watching a film. And I know it's kind of disrespectful and and a bit kind of, yeah, un, uncouth and uncultured and a thing that I would not normally do because I normally pay attention to every work of art and try and give it its due. But this film irritate, started to irritate me immediately with its mixture of body fascism and male domination fantasy that i would just immediately test immediately switched off so whereas the room it's like you can't look away yeah and i i think i think in terms of like the the body politics of this movie it's an interesting one because um they they make a point of saying that it's not just down to body type that allows someone to show their worth um, but at the same time, they make a lot of jokes around it. And there's a lot of like slow pans down to show people's bums and things like that. And it's a bit it's a bit weird. Um, so so it, it, it talks the talk, but it doesn't necessarily follow its own advice. Um, and I think a lot of it, rather than it being like an, an outright attempt to conform to traditional standards, it's just very clumsily done and, and it's very thoughtlessly done. Um, so they put that message in and they're like, yeah, it's OK. This guy's a bit overweight and he's got weird hairy nipples, but he's he's still going to be a good lifeguard. It's all going to be fine. Um, but then but they never let him do any of the athletic lifeguard business. No, no. Um, and, and so, yeah, it, it gets a bit muddled. It's all a bit thoughtless. It's quite dumb. And rather than following the plot and the plot is, you know, it's not great but it's the kind of thing that other movies have done well. Um, there's there's some drugs going brought in. Drugs are being brought in through the beach. E- oh, it's, it's actually, it's not a bad plot, which is that the evil, evil capital, capitalist real estate person is trying to buy up all the public land and make it private so she can shoo off all the people. It's a, it's a people versus capitalism story, which I'm usually all for, but it's handled in such a clumsy way that it just doesn't work on any level. Yeah, and and the emphasis of the plot is more on the characters, but the characters then aren't actually given any time whatsoever. So it's all Zac Efron has problems with authority. The Rock is that authority, and he wants to see him reach his potential, and they don't get on. And you know, you've seen that a million times before. Um, they don't trust him because he's not part of their group, um, and he doesn't show any worth to them in terms of working as a team. So there's friction there. Um, and it's been so long on that kind of stuff um, without really developing anything whatsoever. And and they kind of try and turn it around by the end. So there's the, the bit at the end that the rock gets fired because, I mean, he is a lifeguard that's trying to like steal government files and get involved in police jurisdiction, which would probably like lead to a mistrial of that information was given as evidence in a case so you can understand it of course the person who decides to make that uh choice to fire him is also in on the on the drug dealing and so it's all evil um but then as as his replacement zach efron is brought in because he's supposed to be a yes man um and then he realizes wait no i should do this stuff and we should fight crime as because for some reason the inexplicable boss man who it's never quite clear like is he with the police is he with the local government what like who even is he the weird boss guy who is able to fire the rock the wimp in the suit like he is really really impressed by the fact that zach efron won two gold medals in the olympics but then got disqualified for puking in the pool because that's funny 
Puking in a pool is funny. Lol. And again, that could be really funny. They could, they could turn that into a really funny scene. Um, yeah. But they don't. Um, and yeah, so I, th- I think the idea was that he saw that as an opportunity to have someone brought in who would then be compliant because he's in on the drug dealing. Um, so by bringing someone in who's on probation, who's then going to have to rely on doing what he says, um, he he then uh, will be able to help with the buying up of all that public land and being like, oh yeah, go you know deal some drugs. It's all good. Because um, because this film has a coherent plot, yeah, <laughs> yeah, drugs and stuff. E- evil sexy woman is the real villain who's buying up all the land and stuff and then yeah it suddenly jumps from like her yeah basically they find out that it jumps straight from drugs to not not just to her buying the land but to her having bought all of the land except for one bit and nobody has realized until that very last moment when it's so like it skips about half of the build-up of the jeopardy and immediately it's like a life or death situation where they have to rescue the guy who she's threatening to get the last bit of land off. It it doesn't put in the time developing that side of it either. Yeah, it does it does jump from oh this is the vague plan to oh my god, we must stop this and save this man with like nothing in between. And and, and that's a big problem of this film is that it 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 doesn't have that build up it does just cut around all over the place which is really weird to watch it makes it very confusing to watch yeah it spends a good 15 minutes on the fat guy dancing ha 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 yeah isn't it a surprise that like an overweight guy can dance lol um and then like to a good 10 minutes of like the rock and zac efron with some cadavers in a morgue and jokes about zac efron looking at the dead man's penis which you get to see just kind of revolting. <laughs> yes, I guess spends a good fifteen minutes on that, but no, but nothing on developing the like buying up the land stuff. All you'd need to do is just have like you could even have like a montage of title deeds or something. Like I don't know. Yeah, and and that's the problem with the pacing is that like those individual scenes. So like, like John Bass. I don't know if if that scene was meant to say oh look you can dance really well or haha look at him he's dancing because he dances pretty well but i wouldn't say he dances spectacularly well like like you've seen me at my peak on the dance floor <laughs> and i could pull off what he's doing he's got nothing on you yeah um it's mostly sort of showy showy moves rather than anything that necessarily demonstrates athleticism or skill it's stuff that is nice to watch but is more performative than skillful which is exactly my wheelhouse. Um, I I try and look impressive to everybody uh, when I'm dancing around and twerking at people, um, and 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 yeah. So that's a weird scene. But again, it's the kind of thing where if it was cut down a little bit, it would be fun. Um, equally, the dead man's dick scene, as it will forever be known, um, <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean, dead man's, <laughs> dead man's dick. dick. Yeah, um, <laughs> that that scene again. That that could have been a very funny quippy line, and then you could have the follow up quippy line about necro- necrotic fluid being stuck on his face, that kind of thing. But they spend so long on it that it loses any of its impact. Um, and and it's a problem scene, and I and I think judging by the the credits at the end of the movie where they showed all the bloopers, 
I feel as though this is a movie where they allowed a little bit of free roaming from the script. And and you often see this problem in movies where a tight script is really needed, that they let people ad-lib a little bit too much. And it was the biggest problem with the Ghostbusters reboot, for instance, which is a movie that I don't I don't hate by any means. A lot of people hate that film. And I think it's serviceable. It's definitely the weakest of the Ghostbusters movies, but it's not a bad movie. Um, however, it has a real problem with pacing because effectively they just let the characters say a load of quips and then jump to another scene where they say a load of quips. Whereas in that kind of film, much like in Baywatch, they need that very strict edit and they need that very strict script that they must adhere to. And if they don't, they force them to. Because because these are, these are films where it's not just a bunch of com- comedy scenes thrown together there is an overarching plot that needs to be followed and there's these action set pieces which need to be followed. Um, and so breaking up those with bits of ad-libbed comedy um, really breaks the tension down. And that's a real problem here is that if they wanted that mystery and that crime drama to come through in a comedic way, um, they needed to make people really stick to very short segments. Yeah, um, there's nothing wrong with trying to make like a a lowbrow action comedy but yeah if you try and do that and you give the actors a little bit of free reign it is going to go way off the rails man there's no you know it's not like trying to do like a mike lee film or something where you could just kind of put the characters together and let them go and it doesn't matter because you're trying to say something bigger all you're trying to say with this film is here's some funny shit here's here's some blowing stuff up here's the rock being the rock be entertained and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that but you got to script it tightly man it's yeah it's a it's a rule and i also feel like if your film is based on a prior intellectual property um people will come into it with expectations and those kind of expectations probably don't really allow for the actors to experiment with the script mm. and yeah it's it's a real problem um the the and 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 like the 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 action set pieces all went down quite well so where they come across the the fireboat um that was all very well done um equally like the final like showdown that was that was well done um in terms of it being like an action action flick and and like the and and in those moments kind of the comedy showed through a little bit better as well so the final scene had one of the few moments where i i started laughing when the rock starts giving his massive like speech where he effectively says that he's poseidon um as as an attempt to stall a bit of time and and that was one of the few moments where i gave gave a laugh i I enjoyed that that was very well done and then he reveals that he's high on a sea urchin sticking into him like that made me chuckle (laughs) and that was good yeah that was that was probably the funniest thing in the whole film yeah yeah so so the end of the film is actually pretty good it's just a shame that it loses any sort of impact because everything up until that point has just been a dirge yeah the rock is almost he's in a lot of the scenes but i feel like he's almost underused because they've given him such a kind of wooden character that's just there to make a quip to zach efron endlessly about boy bands i think this film was actually called like how many boy bands can the rock name in some territories (laughs) i did appreciate the fact that he never calls him by his name though yeah. Um, and I, I felt as though those little those little quips were often quite well done. Um, so I, I did appreciate the, the different name that he'd call him every time. I thought that was a neat little touch. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that was fun. But in the context of how boring the rest of it was, it just ended up being tedious. 
yeah, it's it's a flourish which would go down really well in a good movie, but adds nothing to a bad movie. Yeah. And that was a very good bit when the rock sort of went boo to him and then he fell in the pool. Yes, yeah. I like that. That was decent. Um and and yeah, so there are those little moments, but but it's only the little moments that are good here. Um that the problems with the film are much bigger. Uh than those those tiny tiny little sections and that's where the real problem comes in but it, it can't be saved based on those things and you can tell that the 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 cast is trying very hard um you've got you've got a good bunch of people here you've got a talented bunch but with the the script they were given with the material they were working with it was very very hard for them to 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 make something of this film yeah it was very lumpen very dull and just yeah all just the women characters are all completely one-dimensional sex objects there to mostly just show their shiny butts on camera and then eventually provide sex to the men who are all universally toned hunks. It's it's almost like Love Island, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, not all of them are toned hunks. So either toned hunks or they're made fun of because of their body. Yeah, they're, or they're geeks. No... Because yes. if he didn't know he was a geek, he's wearing like a video game t-shirt. And he's a geek. <laughs> Did you know he's a geek? He's a geek. And I um I hate that whole thing about geeks and jocks because it's such an absolute myth. And it really irritates me because partly because it constantly pushes the idea of the of the geek as the good guy underdog, which hasn't been the case since the nineteen eighties, and even then geeks were in positions of power that they used to marginalise other people. Um, so that whole thing has always really irritated me and it doesn't irritate me any less here. Um, but aside from the people at the beginning of the movie, no one really treats him with disrespect based on who he is, apart from the lens of the camera. And again, that's that dissonance where the message they're giving and the message that the cast is giving, um, uh, that the characters are giving is different from what you're seeing because, the characters don't care. They think he's fine. He's competent. Um, there's no real friction between him and anybody, apart from a little bit with Zac Efron, but that none of that is based around his personality or his weight. You never um, get a shot of like his bum in slow motion shining, <laughs> do you? <laughs> no, although you do get um you do get slow motion Efron and slow motion rock from that kind of that gaze perspective. But again, and, and this is an interesting theory is the theory of the male gaze and the way that a male gaze can be framed around the beauty of male characters as well as female characters so this film those scenes aren't necessarily made with the female gaze in mind they're still made with the male gaze in mind um for the perception of what women would want from a male character but also what men want from themselves as a character um, and and that's where that issue comes in. In that this movie isn't uh, isn't isn't like body positive to everybody, and it's also not body like objectifying for everybody. It's still very much got that that heteronormative minds like mind in place. Um, and, and I wouldn't go as far to say that it's a deliberate thing, but it's kind of an unconscious decision made by a movie that didn't put a lot of thought and care into its like decision making no there was very little about this film that's deliberate at all really when you think about it i think it was incredibly lazily made 
I um I read that it was in development hell for quite a while, so about like two thousand and five to twenty seventeen. So it took them twelve years to make this piece of shit. So are you saying that this movie is boyhood? <laughs> Did you know it took twelve years to make? <laughs> yep, that it took the same same amount of time to make as Boyhood, and it's it feels like it's almost as long. It's over two, it's over two hours. <laughs> It is. It is a long movie, isn't it? And it um, really is incredible how you can like have two hours worth of stuff that just says nothing. Yeah, and that's the real problem: is that this movie, it's like a, it's 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 like candy floss in the rain, isn't it? You you try and have some take something away from this film, and you just can't. Much in the same way as never being kissed. There's... You roll it towards your face, and you just get wetter. <laughs> Much much like Never Been Kissed, there's nothing in this film that will stick in the memory. Um, it is just, it's there and you watch it and you forget about it. There's nothing yep. here that I'm going to remember in about a month's time. I'm struggling to recall the details even now. And 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 yeah, and, that, and, and that's a shame because there are those moments in there which were good. Um, but they were such small points that it's not going to be remembered. Which is a which is a shame because there was a lot of potential here. Yeah, although looking back to the source material, the original Baywatch, I don't think I've ever seen it. Have you? Uh, I have watched Baywatch, but I think I used to watch it on French television because <laughs> because I don't remember it being shown a lot in the UK. No, um, I remember being dimly aware of it. Where but... whereas whereas France used to have a real thing for showing uh, American television shows of that era so um because i used to spend a lot of time in france when i was younger in particular and used to spend a lot of time watching french television over there um, they liked american hunks as well and they did and they particularly liked david hasselhoff as well so so knight rider was a huge thing um walker texas ranger was massive it's where i first saw (laughs) chuck norris was on french television with a badly dubbed episode of walker texas ranger that's because all of the french men of the time looked like gerard depardieu (laughs) um and uh and and yeah so so i i watched baywatch on french television having very little idea about what it was um because my french at the time wasn't good enough to understand the dialogue but you kind of get the gist of what's going on so so i could sort of watch french cartoons and and understand it and eventually i'd get I'd, i'd understand what they were saying and things like that but those adult programs you kind of just get the odd snippet of dialogue that you'd recognize um so as far as i was concerned it was they occasionally save people on a beach and sometimes other stuff happens but god knows what it is occasionally there's a bit of violence but not really um my my favorite thing about baywatch though is do you know about baywatch nights paddy no baywatch nights Nights with a k no unfortunately not if it was a medieval Baywatch <laughs> with knights down on Brighton Beach. Yeah, Bogwatch. Um, Baywatch Nights was a spin-off of Baywatch made in 1995. Um, it basically um, led to uh, this... Uh, David Hasselhoff's character, uh, Mitch, <laughs> teaming up with a detective... To sort to sort of start a detective agency, um, okay, and and imagine, I'm yeah, imagine like a gumshoe detective show 
with a sort of like neon tinge setting that turn that then does so badly in the ratings that they turn to science fiction in the second series. Okay. So that they, sounds way more interesting than Baywatch. It is way more interesting than Baywatch. So first series is like Private Eye. Imagine like you know there's that that spin-off episode of The Simpsons where they show the different spin-offs and one of them is where Chief Wigan and Seymour Skinner start a detective agency in New Orleans. It's kind of like that. It's it's really, 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 really bad, but kind of entertaining. And then it goes off the rails in the second series. It basically kind of becomes the X-Files, but with David Hasselhoff as his character in Baywatch. Um, it is It is so so bad um let me just give you some examples of some of the series <laughs> um so I'm ready. so series one you've got stuff like um a cosmetics mogul asks mitch garner and ryan to investigate her son's involvement with a gang of roller skating burglars <laughs> Uh, Mitch and Ryan go undercover as a gigolo and wealthy widow to catch a gang of robbers. Um, okay. Mitch falls for a cat burglar. Mitch tries to save a young geisha woman from kidnappers. An old friend of Mitch's suspects that his estranged wife is an imposter. Huh. Um, so, so that's series one. Series two... Uh, Mitch and Griff investigate a sunken freighter that a woman claims was sunk by a New Guinea sea monster. Mitch, Griff and Ryan investigate a series of murders committed by a half-human, half-fish woman intent on having a baby. Now you're talking. Um, Mitch and Ryan enter a cabin that takes them back in time. Yes. Mitch is shocked that a child he saved six years ago is now part of a Haitian voodoo cult. (gasps) This is great. It's just, you can see the progression. You can see each episode. They get into the writer's room and they're like, I've got it. This time, I've got it. Um, the, the, Vo- voodoo. I think I've got the best one here. Two 900-year-old Vikings awaken from their frozen slumber and resume their feud in Los Angeles. <laughs> that, that famous capital of Viking activity, yeah. Los Angeles. Um, at the final episode... When Ryan disappears in a haunted restaurant, Mitch enlists the aid of a psychic to find her. A haunted restaurant. Yeah. Um, and so Baywatch Nights is really worth finding. Uh, you can find like snippets of it on YouTube, or at least you used to be able to. So listeners, definitely check out Baywatch Nights and hope to God that even though Baywatch the movie was not great, they follow it up with a Baywatch Nights movie. Imagine, yeah. imagine The Rock and Zac Efron as a pair of private investigators hunting down the supernatural whilst yeah. also doing beach related activities i would i would watch that you know the you know they go out and find some mer woman the next the next episode they're playing playing volleyball with some voodoo peeps you know it's yeah this shit writes itself yeah and and so yeah baywatch nights is amazing um it it, it, it understandably did not do well whatsoever it did very very poorly well that's um, a shame Yes, but uh, but, but I, I yes. wonder if this kind of film is symptomatic of a wider trend of misplaced nostalgia, you know, a nostalgia for things that weren't actually that good. Like Ghostbusters, I think is just about passable, but it's on the edge, you know. Like, the, or the original Ghostbusters is good, 
But like, did it need to be remade? No, obviously. I, the idea of doing it with an all-woman cast, fantastic, great, love it. But yeah, do does everything need to be remade? And of course, the, the if you use this Baywatch film as an answer, it's a resounding no. But was the original Baywatch actually any good? No. I don't think anyone really even watched it. It just sort of vaguely endured because, I don't know, when we were at university over 10 years ago now, in our first year, we'd go to the nightclubs and they'd put on the Baywatch theme tune and all the lads would take their shirts off and it would make me angry. Not, you know, <laughs> not now, that I'm jealous that I don't have that kind of body type. Now but, we reach the reason you know. why Paddy hates this movie, listeners. Yeah, um, may, may, there's a little bit of that in it. <laughs> yeah, and, and Baywatch did very, very well for a while. It was a very popular TV show, but it was never held up as, an, as, a, as a show of acclaim. No one ever felt as though it was a, a great television show, um, but it had that popularity. And I think you're right about that misplaced nostalgia um, and the need to remake everything. But I find that the idea of the remake isn't a new one and it isn't a new one as of the last 10 years either. Um, remaking oh, no. stuff has been going on for years and years and years and years and years. Um, yeah, but yeah, there seems course. to have been this backlash to it recently. And I think it's because... There used to be a limit on the amount of media that could be created, um, but that is expanding all the time. So even though, I mean, I imagine the percentage of stuff which is a remake now is higher than it was 20 years ago, but I wouldn't say it's probably that much higher. Um, But because there's so much stuff in general, these kind of things seem more prevalent. And, yeah, but and it's also a combination of capitalism and intellectual property, and you know people deriving money from intellectual property, and then using that. So this kind of film will easily have some money behind it already for marketing and such, versus an independently produced or you know independently written film of a completely new story. It's probably more of a struggle to get that kind of thing made than it is to get a piece of shit like this made, just because it has that name and that IP attached to it. Yeah, and I, and I think, yeah, it would be easier to, to make a film like this because they have the rights already. They know it's a brand that people recognise. Um, but then comes the issue of turning that into a cohesive piece of entertainment and just attaching a name to it isn't always going to work. Um, no, much like The nods to the source material felt really cheap as well. Yeah, that you didn't really... it. It it made the odd nod. There's a couple of Hasselhoff moments. Um, well, he comes on. It's mostly about five minutes of his feet. And then he says two lines in which he looks like Will Ferrell dressed up as David Hasselhoff and then buggers off. Yeah. Um, there's no... It's a nod and a wink of the most obvious kind. Um, the kind that irritates people who are fans of the original source material. So... Um, so Solo, a Star Wars story, did those kind of references really well. Um, and they never felt very forced. It all felt very natural. You had tiny little references like Terrace Cassie as the Star Wars martial arts, um, which a few people will have picked up on, but they didn't make a big note of it, um, which I think was quite cool. And, and it's most famous because they made a very, very bad video game about it. Um, oh, cool. so so it was it appeared in a book it appeared in one of the expanded universe books but then they made a terrible fighting game in 1997 called Star Wars the Masters of Terrace Cassie um and and it's and it's awful and it's notorious for being bad but they make that little quick little reference to it in there and there, and there's lots of those quick little references that people will pick up on but if you don't yeah, know that's what they're fun. 
Yeah, and if you but if you don't know what they're talking about, it's just going to pass you by, and you're going to think of it as world building. Whereas Rogue One, as much as I love it, had really bad nods and winks to the audience. Um, equally, um, the Last Jedi did pretty well with it. That one wasn't so bad, but The Force Awakens was pretty awful as well about the way that it treated the previous films with reverence and a little bit too much reverence. Um, it yeah it felt it felt very forced and this is a this is a really bad example of yes i know (laughs) (laughs) um it it felt very forced and 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 baywatch feels very forced as well um where it's just like hey look this this show had david hasselhoff in it here's david hasselhoff there you go there you go It, it was just that was basically it and they did the same thing with pammy at the end as well but she didn't even get any lines all she had to do was just walk, walk there, like walk around a table and have them all stare at her. And that's it. Like that is just objectification and nothing else really, isn't it? It's just so cheap, so nasty. Yeah. And, and, and it's just, it's, it's not so much the objectification of it, but just that's the way that people expect to see her in the original Baywatch. Um, so we're going to reference that here and now. And it's just like, okay, yeah, we get it um it's just really poorly executed um it's and 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 the execution is what causes this film to fall apart it's very badly done yeah i wrote down that someone got in the bin but i can't remember who it was did a bad guy fall (laughs) in a bin i don't remember (laughs) i don't remember a bin a bin scene Oh no! The, when it. when the Rock is fighting with one of the criminal guys in the little girl's bedroom, I think he puts a bin on his head. Oh yeah, we've, that's where you get the SpongeBob garrote. Yeah, as well, and then he you? falls in a paddling pool, and the funniest thing that they could think of for the Rock to say was "bath time, shithead," <laughs> which I loved. I loved that. And what was it? Was it was it say night night bitch? Was the line he said before the fight? <laughs> something like that yeah, yeah something uh, really dumb yeah it's and i like that kind of that kind of dumb scene yeah um i think i'd have been i'm i'd have been okay with laughing at those kind of dumb lines if i didn't feel like the film was laughing at me for not being a chiseled hunk <laughs> were you were you th- feeling uh put upon by this film paddy very much so yes but still, who's the captain of the softball team now? The Rock. Yeah, piss off, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. You haven't you haven't had lots of retweets yeah. about your tweet about Waluigi and his sexual prowess. <laughs> yeah. Could you get a guy out at second base on a pitch that literally has a forty five degree angle down a hill? No, you couldn't. <laughs> oh dear. Um Yeah, so shall I shall I move on to a bit of trivia? Yeah, sure. The only other thing I wanted to say was that it um, used the song "Say You Say Me" by Lionel Richie, and that's been stuck in my head all week. So that's oh, there we thing, go. I guess. Say you, say me. Da, da, da. It's a tune. It is a tune. Um, so uh, a little bit of a little bit of uh, a trivia for you. So Priyanka Chopra. Uh, said that the role of the main antagonist was written for a man, but the director changed the role and script upon meeting her. Um, which is, you know, fair enough. Her role 
doesn't really Let's have see, much it had really gravitas. no effect on the characterization <laughs> yeah. whatsoever <laughs> literally didn't really do very much at all did it um Dwayne the rock johnson pulled the this movie was not made for critics line when all of the bad reviews started coming in <laughs> not that anyone who went to see it liked it either yeah that's not yeah, for that's you sure critics if you look at the like user reviews or whatever like audience reviews i'm sure they would follow a similar pattern yeah it's yeah people didn't like this movie when it came out no one was very impressed with it um a little little bit of trivia for you here uh in in december 2016 paramount pushed the release date back one week uh to avoid competition with alien covenant um two bad movies have you seen alien covenant i have not that i've is... never seen i've only seen the original alien films i haven't seen ah, any of okay. the later ones yeah it's a bad oh, no, film. apart from alien versus predator which i saw in the <laughs> cinema and it was not good that that see i don't even count the alien versus predator movies as alien movies because they're i see them as their own separate thing apart from predator and alien versus predator i think they're just the most ambitious silly crossover things. event in history <laughs> Oh, are you are you that, Siriing there? That set off Siri. Whatever you said, <laughs> is, Siri, is Siri jumping, leaping to my defense, or is Siri antagonizing me? Um, I think it was leaping to your defense. It came up with a selection of movies, so I think it was saying, "Yes, don't watch Baywatch. Watch something <laughs> else instead." Um, oh, thank you, Siri. Yes, uh, yeah. So I thought that was funny that they they avoided. Um, <laughs> They avoided having it clashing with uh, another bad movie that disappointed everyone. <laughs> you can only have one a week. That's a, that's like government policy. <laughs> yeah, you can only have one one bad movie a week. Um, so they also there was rumours uh, that Justin Timberlake and Justin Bieber were going to have roles in the film, but neither Good did. Grief! So Timberlake would have been the Rock. Bieber the Rock, Timberlake, Priyanka Chopra. Actually, yeah, I could see Timberlake as a sort of capitalist villain after his, his performance in The Social Network. I was going to say, he's already played he a capitalist could, um, villain, hasn't he? I think he could pull that off, actually. Yeah, I, I like Justin Timberlake, actually, as an actor. I think he's good. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I'd, I'd have him in more stuff. Um, but yeah, so, so that's it for a bit of trivia. Um, it's, yeah, swing and a miss, guys, I'm afraid. This one. Can you imagine though how bad Justin Bieber would have been? I mean, I've not seen him act in anything, but his general demeanor, just based on that, I'm pretty sure that he would be an awful, awful actor. Yeah, I can't imagine he'd be a great actor. I'm not gonna lie, I, I, he may well, you know, like prove us all wrong and and do amazing. But yeah. I've not seen him act in anything. I don't even know if it's something that he intends to do. He should. Um work with Jean-Luc Goddard <laughs> I could see that yeah uh, okay good good trivia yeah I did I have any other trivia or anything no I just wanted to say that it is vulgar and bad yes it's it a bad movie e- it is extremely not good yeah and it's not even good in a it's not even good in like a so bad it's good way no, no, it is genuinely just very, very bad. Like, I'm offended by how bad it is. 
because yeah, if a, if a film is bad, like like The Room or um, it, where it's like it's hubristically bad, then that that is always funny to watch. That's always like a good thing to watch. Or where it's like you can tell that people making it really really had delusions of things that just didn't land or yeah things that just didn't work but you could see that they tried or the the kind of the schadenfreude of that or the the failure of um what's the word i'm looking for endeavor the failure of endeavor like that is funny but all of this it's just it's a very smug film as well it doesn't feel like anybody tried you know and that makes you just hate it yeah and i think the the problem is that like a lot of it is straight faced as well so outside of the comedic jokes and everything like that it tries to sell the story in kind of a straight way um and so it feels very formulaic in that way um which is a a big problem about it um and 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 i'm disappointed because it comes from seth gordon who has directed some good stuff um so so the first thing i watched that he did was the king of kong which i don't know if you've seen i have not seen that um it's a documentary about um, trying to break the world record for for King Kong, oh, um, and it's really that's, good, that's and cool. and it does a really good job of like setting up these two very very uh, different characters of the two people who are breaking the records. And recently, there was a big scandal because it turns out that one of them has been cheating for years and years and years on his records. Um, All right. So yeah, really look in look into that. Look into Steve Weeb and and Billy Mitchell. Billy Mitchell. That sounds genuinely interesting. It's a it's like, a how fascinating can you make a film movie. as fascinating as that and then as just facile as Baywatch? Um and he also did the uh the Freakonomics documentary, which is which is okay. fairly fairly alright. Um and he did Horrible Bosses, which is a very funny movie. Never seen um, it. I always thought it looked very bad. It's but... it's actually really good fun. It's a really good fun cool. film. Um, it's got people I like in it. Yeah, Charlie Day, and and, and it's got the it's got that kind of stupid humor where there's enough silly lines and it moves so fast paced that it never feels like it outstays its welcome. Mm. Um, and so, see, that's um, that's an issue of pacing, isn't it? Again, yeah. so the pace of Baywatch is just so lumpen. Spends fifteen minutes on a guy's dick in the morgue and then no time on characterization. Yeah, and then um, weirdly, would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for that pesky dick. <laughs> would have would have indeed and and weirdly enough like he's he's also um attached to to quite a good number of tv shows as a producer and things like that um he does uh the good doctor which apparently is very good um i've not seen it but it's about like a young a young surgeon um who i think has got he's he's a good doctor but he's also a bad doctor because he likes to have sexy times and he drinks uh, no i think i think he's got autism or he's on the oh, okay. on the autism spectrum um and that's supposed to be I very very good something else and he and he's like the producer of that and he's also directed a few episodes so he's got some some very good credentials behind him but this is just a bad bad fish all round i think which is a shame yeah well, that's a shame has he done anything else that's not good he did four christmases which i've not seen but i've heard is terrible I have seen that. It's not great. It's not abysmally bad. It didn't offend me like Baywatch offended me. The because the the concept of it is actually quite good, and um, the exploration of you know like sort of broken up families and how you deal with big things like Christmas is is very very good. But the execution of it is kind of cheap. But it's not awful. Okay. Okay. It's um, a thousand times better than Baywatch. 
Oh, there we go then. <laughs> they have the same IMDb score. Really? What's that? 5.6. Not Out great. of 10? Out of 10, yeah. Oh, fuck, that's generous. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we score it then? Yes, yeah. So what do you want to score it out of? Um, how many? How many seconds out of 20 does the camera linger on David Hasselhoff's feet? when it should be looking at his face that's a good one that is a good one um i'm gonna give this uh, i'm gonna give this a a four out of 20 Um, yeah that sounds sounds about right i'm gonna go even lower and give it a three yeah three out of 20 there was there was moments that were funny but the overall thing is just really bad yeah, really bad. I think I I genuinely laughed maybe twice. The rest of the time I was just thinking, nah. Yeah, I I laughed at um, I laughed at the occasional rock name for Zac Efron. Yeah. Hey, High School Musical. Yeah, I laughed. See what they did there. I laughed at uh, the Rock suggesting that he's a god of the sea, uh, knowing that of course he would be in Moana. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, it's like Moana, it's cool. Um yep. and then um sea urchin and I laughed a little bit at the dead man dick scene. Cause I cause I have a very crude sense of humour like that. Um You gotta get the last way you can, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. Um and and yeah, but so so really I gave it a I gave it a point for every time it made me laugh. And and that's not good from a movie that's nearly two hours long or possibly over two hours long. It's um, over two hours long. To to make me laugh a handful of times when you're a comedy. Not good. Yeah. Spent too much time on Dead Man's Dick and f- Yachts on Fire. <laughs> oh, the yacht is on fire. It's appropriate that you choose to sing one of the worst songs ever committed to tape. <laughs> I know I that you that can song. see dead man's dick. <laughs> A oh. dead man's dick. <laughs> oh boy. So what are, what are we watching next? So can you take right. us even further down the crapshoot? Because we're on a we're on a, <laughs> we're on a dangerous we're slide. on a downward um, we're on a downward trajectory now. <laughs> it can only get worse from here. Right. So last week we watched a shit movie about someone going undercover at a school. This week we watched a shit movie that's kind of like a bro detective thing with stupid gross out comedy thrown in. Next week, we will be watching a movie that's about two bros going undercover at a school to solve a crime. We will be watching 21 Jump Street. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen it. Which is a, mo- which you, is a movie... You going on about yeah, it. It's a movie I really like. And, and the last two weeks, we've been watching films that have reminded me of it and reminded me of why I like 21 Jump Street so much, because it manages to do this dumb shit in a way that makes me laugh. Yeah. Um so fuck it. We're going to watch it and hopefully if you like it we can then dissect how it does these things right when everything should be wrong <laughs> basically. <laughs> the Ephronator's in it, right? No. No, the Ephronator is not in it. 
Oh, who's in it? It has uh, Channing Tatum. Oh, okay. Uh, Jonah Hill. Uh, the younger Franco. Ah, uh, okay. Friend of the podcast, Channing Tatum. <laughs> Friend of the podcast, Channing Tatum. <laughs> Who we well, since Jupiter ascending, I think we give him a pass. I I, I actually really love Channing Tatum. I think he's great. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I I really like him as an actor. He's a he's a good one. We'll keep him. If he's got his dog ears on, so much the better. Yes, every film that he's in, he should have dog ears now. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I'm up for that. And yes, I hope you like it because otherwise, I'm gonna I'm gonna hate you forever, Paddy. This is cool. I'm sure it'll be fine. Cool, right. Have we got anything else? No, I just wanted to fill you in. I don't know if if you're aware, but the the World Cup is on and the government has instituted a new policy whereby any any food or any product that you buy or any media has to have the has to change its name during for the duration of the World Cup to have the word kick goal or foot or offside or something or penalty in its name so i was just wondering what you think we should change our name to for the duration of the world cup <laughs> uh good shots don't score <laughs> or maybe good shots do score no no that's brilliant because it makes no sense <laughs> much like football <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly um i was just I, gonna go with big boys don't penalty but. uh big boys don't go <laughs> that's the that's the obvious choice yes all crisps um, are now have goal in the name they do uh ready goal goal and vinegar <laughs> cheese and goal <laughs> roast goal prawn, prawn cock goal barbecue goal Worcestershire goal. Thai sweet can goal. You, can you even get Worcestershire crisps anymore? I don't know. I hope so. They're, 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 they're disgusting, always a rarity. So <laughs> a disgusting rarity. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. That, I, I, I love the World Cup. Um, and I always really get into it. Um, so at work, we have all been allocated a team for all of the charity events that we're doing. Yeah, um, and we've got Argentina, and I did spend a good hour today hanging up a load of Argentina bunting around our oh, nice. area of the office. Um, I've ordered myself an Argentina football shirt, which I will be wearing and really getting oh, wow. into it. I will be going around reminding every England fan of how great the hand of God was when uh, when Maradona cheated England out of a World Cup semi final, um, and generally being a pest. It's going to be wonderful, um, but it all kicks off tomorrow, I think. Right. Okay. Um, with what is going by to the be time this episode goes out, that will be yesterday. Yes, that the first match of the tournament is going to be the greatest match of football ever between Russia and Saudi Arabia. Oh, um, okay. I cannot wait to watch that exciting game of football. It's going to be wonderful. Yeah. Will they all just cover each other in oil and wrestle for it? <laughs> I'd watch that. Um, yeah. Yeah, Actually, I, do. I would, because that might make it a little bit gay, and Putin loves a bit of that. <laughs> Love hates a bit of it. It's got a got a bit of a complicated relationship with it. He likes taking his shirt off, but at the same time, likes people who ban gay people. Um, 
Okay, well, for yeah, for the duration, we're called Big Boys Don't Go. Yes, I like it. Right, I, I don't have anything else to add, really. I've got to go and um, I've still got time for a whole 40 minutes of hating my body a bit more while I watch Love Island. So, oh, yeah, enjoy. It's, it's all good. Yeah. We, we've not been watching Love Island, which I'm really happy about. Um, what what planet are you on? It is just an inferior X on the beach. Yeah. Um, that's all it's it is. The, yeah, it's the sort of cheap imitation British version of X on the beach, isn't it? X on the beach has got real, like, hard-hitting, like, really insane, like, high-octane drama of getting people who genuinely hate each other on camera. <laughs> Whereas this <laughs> is just, like, British people sort of tiptoeing around that, maybe. It's yeah. like it's like you know we we can't have American foods with the actual calories in. We just have knockoff versions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But we're still fat. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> right. On that note, shall we? Yeah. Shall we away? <laughs> yeah. Let Let's button this up. Join us next week. We'll be talking about Twenty One Jump Street. As always, um, get in touch. Email us bigboysdon'tcrypodcast at gmail dot com. Twitter at bigboysdon'tpod. Um, if you have not subscribed, remember to subscribe through iTunes or whatever you, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be there. And um, don't watch Baywatch. Hopefully, you'll listen to this um, without having watched it because we'll advise you to do that. You don't have to have seen it to watch this week's episode to um, listen to this week's episode. But yeah, um, if you have watched it, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry, everybody. Uh, oh well. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Go. It's a goal. You have to say goal at the end of everything. That's how it works. <laughs> okay. Goal. 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 Golazio. <laughs> That's probably enough goals. <laughs>